Hey guys, happy new year, happy 2020. My name is Kyle and Sarah. Welcome back to the podcast. If you're a returning listener and if this is your first time, thanks for checking me out. Um, a couple of exciting little details to share here in the new year. Uh, I have changed the name of the podcast from Running the Pass, which was sort of a, a, a nod to chefs who know what Running the Pass is, which is basically expediting and running the flow of the restaurant um, from a back-of-the-house perspective. But uh, in an attempt to reach a larger audience uh, and get some bigger names on here, guys, uh, who, who can really add value uh, to the restaurant owners who who could use it, um, I'm trying to reach everyone in the country. So um, that being said, if you work in the restaurant industry, uh, whether you're local to where I live, which is the New York, Westchester, Fairfield, Connecticut market, or if you're in Chicago or if you're in San Diego, I would love to have you on. Um, the podcast can be done completely remotely. So I think, you know, with the technology we have, uh, we can reach uh, a lot of people and help a lot of restaurant owners because, surprise, you guys all have the same kind of questions. And, um, you know, I think that it's helpful to uh, create sort of a little group here and um, chime in both uh, online and social media. You guys can always email me or text me, and um, I'm happy to help. But in terms of guests, I'm looking to to really reach some of you guys who live across the country and can provide value to one another. So that's really it. Uh, on top of that, the podcast is now being recorded uh, with a group that I've partnered up with called The Marketing Monks. Uh, shout out to uh, Mario. He's uh, um, I'm the monk on Instagram and the marketing monks on Instagram. And we have created a team there that is looking to help individuals, uh, really anybody. We started with realtors, um, help them create their brand and help them sell more of what they do. So check them out on Instagram. I'm super excited to no longer be recording in my basement but recording um, actually in a podcast studio that we've set up. So these podcasts now will not only be recorded here, they will be recorded and uh, videotaped and put on our YouTube channel, on my YouTube channel. So you can check that out there. And um, yeah, that's really it. So exciting stuff, new name, new recording studio, uh, new marketing group. And I am super excited about it. It's great to be surrounded by those guys who are like-minded when it comes to providing content and branding, which uh, you guys know I'm super um, into and, and a big believer in. So, uh, yeah, great way to kick off the new year. And with that said, if you are a restaurant owner, which is why I'm assuming you're listening to this podcast, you know that uh, bookkeeping and uh, record keeping and staying on top of your taxes and your uh, payroll uh, can be a real nightmare headache. So uh, my guest today is Jim Martin. He is a CPA and perfect example of, of the reach we're starting on this podcast. He lives, uh, he's based in Texas and he focuses on the hospitality sector. He comes from a background of um, uh, restaurants and he provides value to restaurants and his business provides bookkeeping services and accounting services to restaurants and 
in this podcast, he lays out some of the essentials and some of the basics that you need to have down, um, especially these days, um, from a bookkeeping perspective. You know, it, it's all fun and games to run your restaurant and, um, you know, greet people and communicate and connect with people and social media and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a business. It needs to be run as such. And, you know, more so than ever, you can't really rely on um, just looking at your POS and making judgments based on um, top of the line sales. You got to pay attention to some of the expenses that, that are going on and, and some of the percentages um, for your your key um uh, you know your, your key ratios. So, um, I could go on and on <laughs> introing him, guy, and how introing him um, and how important this stuff is. Uh, not having the right person is something you don't want to experience. So, check out what Jim has to say, and um, as always, hit me up on Instagram. Text me at six three one nine six five thirteen hundred with any questions, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Have a great day. Thanks. All right. All right. So welcome back to the podcast. This is 2020 and we have Jim Martin here. He's a CPA, um, deals with a lot of restaurants, works in the hospitality space. Jim, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah. So, uh, so my Jim, Jim Martin, I'm a CPA here in the Dallas area in Texas. Uh, worked about 15 years in the industry in public accounting. Uh, background was more on the audit side of the practice, uh, growing up through the, through the firms. So, uh, more on the operational side, I like to think as opposed to focus primarily just on taxes. So, um, and recently last year left my firm and started my own practice working, um, out of my house at the moment. So, uh, working focused on restaurants, as you mentioned, uh, grew up, my father was a, uh, CFO of a, uh, fast food, uh, fried chicken place. And then, uh, when he sold up the business sold to that, they did consulting and, uh, got into some other restaurants. So kind of grew up with the restaurants in the family. So, um, and he was obviously an accountant as well. So I know. Uh, following the uh, father's footsteps in both uh, the accounting and uh, the, the restaurant industry. So you're not, you're not uh, an owner operator or invested in any restaurants, are you? No, I don't No. Smart. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you grew up in it. So you saw some of that. I mean, it sounds like it helps that your dad kind of knew both sides of that. I mean, as you probably have witnessed uh, not so many restaurant, owner operators are so familiar with um, the ins and outs of bookkeeping or accounting for that matter. Tell me what, what's at the core of your business and what really uh, are some of the, I don't know, maybe the top two or three hurdles that some of these operators are having a hard time overcoming these days. Right. My focus, as I mentioned, because I'm more operational is really helping restaurant owners or business owners of any kind, really. Um, just help them with their financials because most most people that start a business start a restaurant they don't you know they're you know especially the restaurant they've been a chef they've been a manager of a restaurant and now they want to go start their own restaurant so they have the business side or the operational side of the restaurant but they don't know that 
you know, behind the scenes, kind of the accounting and, and what it takes to actually run a business. So yeah. that's really the focus is helping them, whether it's doing the bookkeeping, um, but really primarily whoever's doing the bookkeeping, helping them understand the, what the financials are then telling them right. about their business so they can use that information and, you know, grow their business, figure out what, where the problems are, where the money's leaking, so to speak, and, and yeah. where to focus their attention. So, um, and with restaurants, it's very a complex in that there's just so many transactions. I think that's yeah. the hardest part about a restaurant accounting is just there's so much volume within a restaurant that if you get behind, it just will snowball and snowball. And once you get behind, oh, you know, my own personal stuff, if I get a few days behind, I'm just like, I don't want to deal with it. And yeah. it's even worse and worse. So uh, just staying up on top of it and, and really understanding, like I said, just knowing what they're, because the financials are the best tool for, for understanding your business and what's really happening. Um, from the number side and you can really see because we're in the business to make money and if if the numbers aren't lining up you know, yeah people can be happy with the restaurant but um you got to pay the bills at the end of the day so. yeah so do you come in more as an advisor like what like for most of your clients are you coming in in the beginning phase like are you getting hired like hey i know what i have to do here i need a guy who can handle this for me so i can focus on my stuff or are you more like paratrooping in and, and like kind of putting out fires? I mean, I'd love to come in early in the front end, yeah, but the reality I, of it is people don't pay attention to it. They don't give it the priority, the accounting side, because they think they can do it themselves and cut the costs. And yeah. if you're starting a business, you're trying to run as lean as you can. And that's one people kind of skimp out on, but it really is an investment. What I try to tell people, it's really an investment in the business. You're investing in that accountings because the better that information is the better it's going to help you as i said be a tool to run your business so yeah. uh usually it's yeah when people get in over their head and they realize this is a mess and i've reached my limit um is when people reach out to get help um a lot of times around tax time you know this time of year is now you're thinking yeah. oh i've got to get all my books in order and they're not and i need help so um those are usually the triggers that, that reach out to say, Hey, I need outside help. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's usually uh, putting out fires and cleaning yeah. up like some other accounts yeah. mess. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've experienced both and I think that I actually think I've been thinking about this more since I've been out of the business, not so much an operator, but, um, I think it's the first key hire is a restaurant specific bookkeeper accountant because so many times it's like, all right, we're going to, we need a general manager. We need a chef and, we're, and they need, and chefs in this market, they make $85,000 a year. And this general manager, he's going to want 65,000 a year. And what's the bonus going to look like? And they have this all in their head, but they have no idea what the taxes on that look like, or even for that matter, probably don't have an idea what their gross revenue is going to be. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, um, I, I think that having a bookkeeper, to start out is probably the best bet. I mean, when you, when you come on board, to put out a fire, I mean, a lot of times there's that gap, right? Like you're like, okay, we need help now. We need a bookkeeper now. But you're like, well, hold on. You didn't file your taxes from 2017. Your 2018 is a mess. Your payroll, you're like, right? I mean, am I right now right? thinking? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there's, there's lots of cleanup to do in the past, but you got to implement systems to make sure you're getting things right going forward as well. So right. it's kind of a double edge. But uh, 
usually, yeah, if you have back taxes though, that's usually the highest priority to mm -hmm. get straightened up. You don't want to, you don't want to get in trouble with the IRS. Uh, right. That's the worst one to be in trouble with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, getting that, that's kind of the big priority and then getting things coming in and going properly going forward. And then we can start cleaning up the back, uh, and fill that in as we get going. But, uh, just getting those systems in place and, and habits to do things on a constant basis. Um, like I said, the volume of it, you've got to be doing certain reconciliations and certain yeah. every single day. The credit cards, the third parties. Of yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And especially with, I mean, most people pay with credit cards, but there is still a lot of cash that goes through a restaurant. Yeah. Um, especially if you have a bar, a lot of goes through there and tips and just making cash is the easiest one to grow legs and walk out of your restaurant. So I, I can't imagine what it was control like before when it was all cash. I mean, God, I mean, the, the handwritten tickets and the all cash, that must have <laughs> been a real nightmare. Somebody was making out there. I don't know who it was, but. Yeah, it certainly could be. Yeah. I mean, cash is always the, the riskiest part when you're dealing with, you know, real paper cash that yeah. most of us don't see too much of, but it's, it, it, you know, through a restaurant with as many tractions actions as you get, you get quite a bit of cash and you got to make sure all the ins and outs and, and reconciling, especially with tips. I think tips. Oh yeah. How I see a lot of restaurant owners just kind of mess that up just and how they're doing tips. Cause there's so many ways to, to pay out tips. Are those state specific laws or are those, are those pretty general federal laws on how tips should be handled? Well, I mean the general, how it, has to be handled as federal because it's got to go. I mean, all your tips have to be reported on the payroll cash and, and credit card, cash and credit card are, yeah, and you that's have to always pay tax, a question. You know, the, the, the employees have to pay their share of the tax on that. And you as a business owner has to pay your share of the tax, which is always why um, a lot of people, you know, kind of oversee that, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's, but it's hard now with so much of it coming through the credit card, but you don't get that cash. So yeah. some owners pay out that at the end of the shift and they get the money later and just keeping the record straight on that and making sure the money you get in and going out all matches up. Right. It can get kind of complicated depending on how you're paying out. I mean, I've had some that take all the cash from their employees and only put it on their paychecks. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. You just have to have, your set standard way and making sure, like I said, you're keeping up on it and you know what's going out and what's coming in. Yeah. And now it's all about I, think, I think that's worth touching on because like you said, some people, some owners will take the credit card tips and pay them out at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. So $200 for Sally, Bobby and Timmy, and then they record it. Right. And then they uh -huh. put it through their payroll. Let's say they use a payroll process, paychecks, ADP, one of those guys then that server, bartender, whatever, they sh will be getting taxed on that when they take the cash home, correct? So they'll be, they'll be less to be deducted on their check, correct? Right. I think I'm following okay. that, right? So yeah. then other, other places will just say, no, we'll just kind of keep it all, then we'll put it all in your check and get taxed. Mm -hmm. Which way, how should, how should restaurant owners be handling it? Let's put it that way. Um. I mean, that really depends. How should you? It, it kind of depends. I think the easiest way from just the bookkeeping and record keeping is 
is when the when they get a cash tip, they get to keep that cash tip. You know, they they get the restaurant, uh, of course, the money for the food portion, but they get to keep that. They still need to report it. I mean, a lot of POS systems or whatever have the ability to just record it. Right. So that that's a pretty easy process. And then anything through the credit cards, um, just keep and you pay out on the on the uh, paycheck when when that comes out that's that's the easiest i think as far as record keeping right Um, it's not very popular amongst the wait staff because they want the cash now yeah right um and that that just makes it a little harder because you got to know i gave this person this much and because i had one they could keep the cash if they had the cash they could keep all up to it so if they got you know, whatever the food money was, if that covered the tips, then they've got to keep all that cash. But then there was always like a portion that was still on the credit card. So yeah. they had a real, I mean, that was just an administrative nightmare in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it just is either all, so I recommend either doing it all or none. So either if you're going to give them the cash, give them all the cash for their tips that night. And then when it comes through the, the payment processor, you keep it all. Right. Or you just let them keep the cash and then run the credit cards through the paycheck. Um, just try to keep it simple. I mean, that's the thing. Just keep it real simple. Something you can manage. Just make it easier on yourself. Yeah. So we'll- I, I generally have found it like that kind of backlash. We're like, oh, we want to take our cash or what? We're going to get taxed on this cash. Lasts about like one to two pay cycles. <laughs> and then they realize like, you know, it's always put like, we're, you know, trying to cover your ass because they're going to come after you. Right. I mean, that, that's the facts. If you're a tipped employee and you underreport your tips, I mean, there's some stiff penalties for that. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's under reporting. I mean, that's, um, and there's no, uh, limit on how far back the IRS can go. If you're not reporting income, they can go back 20 years if they wanted to. For to both say, the restaurant and the employee. Yeah. Cause they're not reporting the proper income. There's no, like, usually you have three years or the IRS has three years to audit you from when okay. you file your tax return. Um, but if you, don't report income. They've got whenever. There's no statute of limitation on that one. So I think that's they, a they, they, they can go back letters. as far as you want. But but they really, I mean, they they tend to come after the the restaurants themselves and, and kind of because they can get the whole group and they they can come in and do the analysis at the restaurant level. Um, right. And that's where they're gonna they're gonna find it. So because they can right. do quick analytics of you know how much what's your tip rate on credit cards and then your total tip. And, and yeah, I mean, that, that's another variance. That's how they find it. That's right. another important point too. I mean, clearly what you said should be reiterated mm-hmm. that it's a, it's a <laughs> severe penalty for underreporting. Um, but you know, a lot of people say like, well, how are they going to know what we do? Right. They like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. You're 2,500 square feet. You're in this County. This is about what we charge. We're just going to slap this on you. This way you owe us plus penalties and interest. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's, and, and with uh, computers these days, it's easier and easier for them to, to yeah. just run a, feed a few data points in and they just hook say, up yeah, like a there's, USB There's stick. a problem there. Yeah. Oh, so gosh. Easier to find, but they usually, you know, target and it's more usually the, uh, I think more your state, your labor, labor, state workforce. Right. There's a Texas workforce commission. They're the ones that didn't get it, but then it escalates up to the IRS level. So, so in order to avoid hiccups like that, can you describe your ideal system that you would implement either after you put out one of these fires or, you know, sort of if you can get in from the beginning, what is your ideal, you know, A to Z system to kind of keep the owner in the loop? 
and keep right. them running their system. And I mean, let's not forget to make money, right? I think so many restaurants, you know, think they look at top line revenue, like, yeah, we're making money, but they don't, they're not too clear on the below the line items and their food costs and inventory and all that stuff. So right. just give me a quick and dirty version of what your system looks yeah. like. I mean, like I mentioned, the biggest thing is daily reconciliation. So you start with, if you have, I mean, everybody's going to have some cash in the restaurant. So you got to reconcile it. No, you know, simply put what went out, what do you expected to go out? What do you expected to come in and the ending balance? And you actually count the cash every day to make sure it matches. Um, your, your uh, merchant vendor, you got to do the same thing. Uh, because they usually pay, but there's some things that carry over from day to day, so they don't match up exactly. So you got to make sure you're reconciling that every day and that you're getting the right amount of money from that merchant, because sometimes that could be wrong and you're losing money that way. Um, so making sure that comes in appropriately. Um, going through, then you got the payroll, as we talked about. You got to have your system in place to making sure you're, however it is, you're paying out, we make sure we got the right system to record the what we paid to certain employees and make sure it's capturing in the right payroll system and doing all that on a daily basis after every shift. Um, inventory, inventory counts need yeah. to be happening at least weekly. Um, on food and beverage or how, what, what categories do you like to see? Oh, food definitely on a weekly basis. Uh, beverage you could probably go a little longer because it's it doesn't spoil. I mean, I think mm -hmm. that's the that's the risk with food is it it not only usage but there's spoilage to it and everything. Um, somebody walking out. You need to be doing miles. that. You know, not just financially. I mean, that's good practice for operationally to know what you have on hand to make sure yeah. you're you're in the right and you're not over ordering or anything like that. that that's the best way to to manage your inventory costs is to know what you have on hand at all times but um i mean it, it beverage it really depends on how how busy your beverage side of the business right. is if, you, if you're turning over a lot of alcohol then then you probably want to keep counts higher um if you have a lot of bartenders or if, if there's a concern if there's ever a concern you start yeah counting it more and more if you, i mean in terms of that kind of inventory stuff i feel like if you have hands-on managers they're going to realize like you know we generally order you know a thousand dollars a week worth mm -hmm. of of liquor why are we ordering 1800 and sales were the same right. yeah i feel like a lot of this is, is eyeballs but yeah right. absolutely inventory. yeah so but inventory because you want to do it at least weekly because you want to be then looking at your costs weekly especially your prime costs where you're looking at your cost of goods your, yeah. your labor against your revenues because um, those are the ones that are going to be variable and you need to look at that weekly. I like to look at it really. Um, and it's actually pretty easy to do for most accounting softwares export it on a weekly basis for, you know, maybe two years and then you put it in Excel and quick formula, you get what I call a rolling 52. Yeah. So every column is a 52 week period. So it takes the cyclicality of your business out. So when you compare this week to last week, you're not asking the question, did it go down because this is now the first week of January versus the last week of December, or is that yeah. something going on? And you look at that and you can even graph that in Excel pretty easily and visually that's that what's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. You can see that trend line and you can see, you know, first of all, the big thing, how is your revenue going? Is it flat? Is it growing? Is it going down? 
and then look at those costs. They should kind of mirror that. Yeah, they should go in line with it, right? Your revenue is going up. All those costs should be going up at about the same rate. And if they're going up at a steeper rate, then that's something to kind of dig into at that point. So start the high level. Look at the high level financials. They're going to kind of pinpoint you where you need to go. And then you can kind of dig in under those costs. If you see right. that your food costs going up, okay, well, where is it? Is it our food? Is it our beverage? You know, is it? We're making too much. Yeah, but you know, everybody hates, I mean, the hardest part about that is everybody hates doing it. It's right. Not at an off time. I'm not making any mm -hmm. tips. You know, I mean, what, how, what's the work? I mean, I know you're not going to dig into right. that, but like somebody's just got to do it. That's the bottom right. line. That's and that's where, you know, outsourcing your accounting is usually the best option because right. there's people like me that love to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and we'll do that. And we're not, you know, in the weeds running the business we're there to help support you and you can focus i mean that that's really the ultimate goal to go back to why i started the business i'm you know you you know business owners doing accounting is not their best use of their time right so if, the more you can offload that the more you can spend on 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 the operations of the business and i can tell you hey here's where you need to focus something's going wrong here you need to investigate this i can't tell you how to fix it necessarily but i can tell you certainly yeah we've got a problem in this area let's figure out how to yeah how to you, you, you had four cases of beer you sold two <laughs> right like why is there only one case left yeah right yeah, yeah. uh here you go so, i mean that's the thing that gets so often overlooked and it just kind of gets like oh well you know the bartender's saying that we need it that we must need it and yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I've seen that. And that's kind of a scary place to be. But okay, so inventory is key. What else? Yeah. Um, I mean, those are the big ones to kind of hit to make sure you're, you got things. I mean, any cash, you just want to make sure you understand all the cash, all the money, all the assets, the inventory, um, the payables, make sure you're, um, that's the other one, kind of the payables. Know what, what you owe your vendors against, you know, where your money is and, and make right. sure the cash flow is right on that. So in okay. payroll, I mean, those two, you want to kind of monitor the cash flows to make sure you're keeping that um, up to speed. You get those on, then you're, you're running pretty well. Um, I feel like you've got a good control over that and you want to do those daily. So you can be looking at that, you know, those, those costs on a weekly basis. Now, what are you looking at? Current weekly? stuff. So uh, now on, on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. you're looking at, what I mean, obviously, sales, payroll, cost of goods. Now, is for your clients, is that a report that you provide, or do you just kind of tell them you do the work and then you kind of direct them to like? No, I'll provide the reports back. You know, I do everything. You know, even some analysis. Hey, you know, because because I like to. You know, you should, as a business owner, understand what reports. If you just get a balance sheet or income statement, you know, I like to teach and make sure they understand those. But if I'm giving you any kind of report, I'm going to give you some analysis. Hey here's this week's report. Everything yeah. looks good. could be simple as that. Or, Hey, your costs are going up on this area. You know, maybe it's something we look into or if you want to discuss, you know, we can discuss further, um, yeah. something like that. So, um, you know, really giving that analysis to you because I mean, I've had so many clients that I give, we give financial statements to, and I kind of question if they look at the revenue, yeah. the net income and just throw it aside. It's like, okay. And yeah. They, they say sales are up, sales are down. Whatever. That's not what they, you know, it's not what you know. Right. It's not your thing. So, um, so, so yeah, providing that, that value, you know, that 
analysis is, I think, really key to any relationship with the accountant. So, and then you keep it in mind. Obviously, I mean, I know we touched on it before, but and, and even just now, but so many of these guys don't even know what they're looking at. Right? right. They're 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 like, what what do you mean here? Like, I mean, we did thirty thousand last week. How do we lose money? Right. Like, what's going on here? Right. Yeah, so I think yeah. that there's a, probably a good part of your time, am I right? Like that's education on like, okay, this is a P and L. Right. This is what it looks like. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, so there's a lot of bookkeepers out there. I mean, they'll, that's all they do. They'll they'll right. take the information and say, here's everything's in there. Like, okay, well then, business owners like, what do I do? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. What do I do about it? I'll pass it I mean, on to my tax guy to prepare my tax return. You know. So that's but that's. <laughs> You, for you, you're more, you're more like of like your name, the company, your name of your company suggests you're more like an advisor, almost like a CFO to these guys. You're not just, right. well, the books are done, cut me my check and I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to tell you like sales are down 10%, cost of goods are up 3%. Right. No. Talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's important. It's so crucial. Because I think, I mean, I think you're going to see a big trend change in, in the industry from the accounting industry ourselves. I see it. And, and, um, with AI and, and, mm. and all the technologies coming out and cloud computing and all that, you know, that's where we're, we've got ahead or, you know, tax returns. Now most firms can spit all your data or majority of it into a scanner and it populates up into the tax return. And then right. there's just a few left to do. So there's not much value in that. The values in the tax planning yeah. the values in helping clients uh, grow a business. That's where we can really provide the value. And, and where business owners need the help. I mean, yes, yeah. we all have to file tax returns and, and do tax planning. And tax planning is an important part, but um, the best way to plan for taxes also is to know where, where your numbers are on a regular basis. Yeah, exactly. Right now, there's not much ta tax planning to do for 2019. We're a little late on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's a little thing, you know, some things here and there, but pretty much we're kind of the books are closed on that one. So, but now we can start really doing a lot of tax planning and you've got a whole year and we can see, um, and you know, we do help with taxes as well, or we work with, uh, if you already have, you know, have clients that have existing relationships with a tax accountant and we work with them and we send them that information and it helps them even do their tax planning, knowing they have current updated financial information. If we see something comes up like, I don't know, you, you're looking to buy big assets or something for the restaurant, you know, then we can kind of look in and say, okay, now we need to jump in and make that yeah. tax analysis and do the tax planning at that point. But right. um, you've got to have that current set of records to even begin that process. Yeah. I mean, it should go without saying that, you know, it helps to be on top of it as opposed to not. I think exactly. one of the things that you and I touched base on probably a couple of months ago, something that you had posted probably on LinkedIn or, or maybe it was even on Instagram. I don't know where at this point, they're all kind of blurring together. <laughs> right. But um, is ownership and how much they should pay themselves. Right. So I'm, yes, I'm, I remember I'm, that. I'm, I'm a small equity partner. I used to be in the restaurant business as a way mm -hmm. to make a living, but now I'm a small equity partner. Uh, very small uh, at a restaurant. And these two guys are killing it. The business has no debt. They're doing good numbers every week, but they are saddling the business with what the salary that they need to make. Can you go into that? Like, what, how does that work? And how should you do that as a new business owner? How should you structure your pay? Because obviously you want right. to take something home every week, but right. some of this money has got to come from the profit. So what, what does that look like from, for an ideal 
point. Sure. I mean, my philosophy on that, it, I believe if you're working in the business, if you're, you know, whether you're an owner or not, if you're actually doing work in the business, you should be paid for that work and you right. should be paid the right amount. Because if you're not paying yourself, in your case, in your example, they're over, they're overpaying them, yeah. in your opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're overpaying themselves. Then the financial numbers of the, of the restaurant aren't accurate. You know, right. you're not getting the true picture of the real operations of the business. And, and I kind of look at it, um, you know, with my clients, I kind of talk to them about what, what's the goal of the business? You know, why did you start this business? And in most cases, you know, it's, it's to actually own a business. You, so you either own a business or you own a, own a job, right? Right. So you don't get into a restaurant to own a job you own the business and the business has to operate. And so, you know, kind of looking at then, okay, what's your exit plan at some point, you know, how do you replace yourself? And that's kind of where you got to look. Okay. If you, if your two people you're talking about were to come in and replace themselves and get out. So they're just owners and they're not running the business. What are you going to pay that person? Yeah. I'm probably sounds like a significantly less for yeah. what they're doing. And so, you know, it's usually the opposite way where, where owners aren't paying themselves anything in, in a lot of cases or very small because they want to show big profits in the business. Yeah. But you just got to be honest. I mean, you really, you want those financial statements to be as accurate as possible to help you run that business. And if you're right. not paying the right amount of money to anybody, then then they're just not good financials. You know, right. it's just... I don't know. Now, uh, so, so some guys will say, all right, well, I'm, I want to grow this concept, but I'm going to start with one. And then my plan is to build the brand up and then we're going to eventually, um, you know, try to grow this and that, you know, some outside investor here in New York may say, okay, yeah, I want to grow this brand. I'll fund your next five units. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand that you're, you're saddled with this, but if we, you know, if I do this, you know, you're gonna have to not take your salary away and, and plug these numbers in or, Hey, I understand from that point of view. So, I mean, do you see that or, or just to kind of, I guess, skip ahead a little bit. Are they, are they doing a disservice uh, from a long-term perspective? They start to really, if they take more than what they're owed and like, will investors, will that scare them off? Or is that just sort of understood? Like, Hey, I understand what you're doing here. No. Well, I mean, a good investor that's going to come in is going to see that and, and understand and their due diligence part and come in. And I think, the owners at that point, I think, get a little bit of a shock thinking, oh, their business is um, valued, should be valued at this amount. And this is where I see it a lot with people not paying themselves. Like, oh, well, the companies or the business is making X amount of dollars a year. It should be valued at this. And somebody will come in and say, yeah, but you're not paying this yourself. A yeah, right. So you add in there, your profits may be zero at that point right. or much smaller. And so now the restaurant isn't as as valuable as they right. was in the first place. That's where it gets tripped up a lot. Um, you know, with, in your case, I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're taking profits away from the rest of the group, really, if they're okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> say it, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. if, um, if they're overpaying themselves. So, um, and it just depends on, you know, how the agreements worked up and, and everything. So, um, but it's just as a business owner, if you're not paying yourself the right amount when somebody else comes in uh, to, to buy it, or even if a bank's looking to loan you money, they may question that and, and right. you may not as get the rate you thought you were because you have it right. And then at the end of the day, 
you know, it's, it, you're just cheating yourself and, right. and, and, you know, doing yourself a disservice really is a better way to say it and not giving yourself the true, true accurate numbers. So, right. um, but yeah, so, I, I mean, think- the, the bottom line is pay yourself what you like. If you're a front of the house manager, pay yourself the market rate in your market right. for a front of the house manager. Yeah. And, and there's kind of off the problem. I mean, like ideally you, you budget this, you budget for this and you're looking for, let's say 10% returns or 15% returns and you can live off of that money or, right. or why would you have opened the business? Right. That's, right. that's exactly. what I would like. Yeah. 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 And, and you, I kind of look at it two ways, you know, what, what would you pay somebody else to come in and do your job that you're doing now? And then also if you were to go to another restaurant, for instance, and do the same job for them, what would you expect? them to pay you right you know and then you kind of have two numbers there you can kind of play with and figure out where where you should be paying yourself so it's right. somewhere in between those two numbers so all right so um, that's so it's, that's it's bad to not pay yourself and it's bad to overpay yourself i think so i mean <laughs> you're just doing a disservice on the numbers and i mean there's tax things about it you know you, you get into tax uh there's strategies to overpay yourself or underpay but at the end of the day you still need to be kind of managing that and making sure you're paying yourself the right amount, whether you're yeah. doing it through. And, and what I mean by that is whether you're doing your paying yourself through payroll versus a distribution. Or, kind of thing yeah, too, right? yeah. Way, yeah. Yeah. Cause if you're an S corp, you know, what you pay yourself through payroll is payroll taxes. And then the profits are not subject to that tax. So oh, that's a whole other part. And it, yeah, there's a whole advantage to paying yourself less at that point. Um, but um, you still then want to count what if you do that kind of strategy, you still want to count the total you're paying yourself on that regular basis right. as your salary. Um, and then the rest is distributions because you still do want to make a profit. Yeah. And, and most nice. businesses, yeah. a healthy business should make about a 10% profit with paying yourself a reasonable salary. And how, how do you see, so these uh, restaurants that are, that are making that 10% profit, how are they handling the distributions typically? Is it like a monthly, quarterly? Like, how do you determine like, hey, we've got 40 grand in here. We could probably chop this up. Mm-hmm. Like, how, what, what, what's your rule of thumb for you that? You've got How's to do change? it enough. Yeah, I look at it. So the cash you generate from your profits of your operations, they go kind of five places in, in order. First, you pay your taxes. Um, and I know that flows through, but I believe the business should be making distributions to the owners to pay for that tax. So the first part goes to taxes because they get their chunk first. Second will be to pay back any debt you have because that's the next thing on the list. Um, debt meaning like, like that, you know, like you, you owe something, not just straight up vendor debt on, on terms or something. You mean just like... Well, yeah, no, yeah. So that, that's where I was going. So revolving debt, any revolving debt you have, you need to pay that back first. Then um as fast as you can the your term debt like you have for equipment or things that are generating you money you pay that on the scheduled agreement i don't right you need to accelerate those right, right, right. if it's for you know your you know luxury car then you probably need to <laughs> yeah, that, no, that, right, that's right. more of a revolving thing but if it's yeah. actually for equipment or something you're doing um then you got to build up your cash reserve and that's going to be dependent on your own restaurant how many you know we talked about the cyclicality of a restaurant you know right. how, many, how many months what's your slope time of year and how many months of reserve do you need to make sure 
you can cover your payroll really yeah. and all your expenses for that period. So once you build up that, then you can start making distributions to the owner, but only until all those other things. And how, how much of you, would you say those cash reserves sh should cover before you start making distributions? It's usually somewhere three to six months. Yeah. It just depends on, it depends on, like I said, the restaurant, what your cycles are like and really the risk tolerance of the owners, you know, yeah. they want a little extra in reserve versus, versus out and you kind of, and that number of rolls, you got to keep looking at what your expenses are because as you move through the year, that three months of expenses can, you know, if you're growing right. your business, that'll get bigger. Yeah. So you got to keep monitoring that. So even though you can make money while your expenses went up, maybe you can't take that much, but you're yeah. the last as a business owner, those distributions are the last thing that should go out of the business. Right. You cover all those first. And, and then most importantly, people skip over is that reserve. Yeah. That way you don't have to dip into those, uh, any line of credit or anything run up credit yeah. or, debt or anything like that. Okay, your cash flow will, will definitely yeah. drive your business or yeah. sink it, right? Yeah. Most business owners flip it and they pay themselves first. And for, you know, the last to, they think about is that taxes and come tax yeah. time, they don't have it saved up. So that's what, that's what I hear all the time is like, well, I have to make this money. I'm done. You maybe have to get a part-time job to figure this out until it gets on its feet or ditch the business. Right. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. I, I really think the more that I'm looking at it from the outside, it's, there's a lot of like, Restaurant owners, I think that this is specific to restaurants, but running any business has similar issues. It's just, I think, more emotional with the restaurant because it's so many people involved. It's a fun atmosphere, right? Like people are there having fun, and then you're like, "But wait, we we didn't make any money." Right. And I think that there, there, these little these little nooks and crannies and these things that you're talking about are, are yeah, often yeah, overlooked. I mean, and, and, and inside of saying, "Well, I didn't get to go on vacation," and it's like, "Yeah, well, <laughs> dude, like this is the way that it is." Yeah. No, all these concepts I apply to any business, whether it's a restaurant or not, it's just, um, yeah, it's pretty universal. The, the key thing with any business is know your numbers, stay on top of it and plan for the future and, and, and just make sure you're, you're doing the right things and, and know what's going on in the business. So pay your taxes, you guys, pay your taxes. Cause pay your taxes. You can't get out of, if you make money, you're going to pay taxes. Yeah. There's, you know, people ask me, how do I stop not paying any taxes? It's pretty simple. You don't make any money. Yeah. Yeah. Then you don't have to pay taxes. I remember there was like a meme on the internet. Like last year it was like, I don't have to pay any taxes cause I don't make any money. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. easy. That's Tip the pay. only way. Um, Take it how you want it. So well, if you're making money in your business, you're going to pay taxes. So you need to, and they're going to get it no matter what. So might as well pay it up front and prepare smart. for it. So, so, in closing here, just, I mean, you kind of just gave your, your real final thoughts on here, but what should we be doing? Let's just finish with this. What should restaurant owners be doing now at the beginning of the year, generally the slower time of year to, you know, uh, really prepare themselves for tax season maybe, or to kind of just set themselves up for the year. What are your top, your top tips for, for the, for the beginning of the year? The beginning of the year. I mean, it's really, I think really looking at what your system is now and, and how is that working for you and, and, you know, be honest with yourself. Can you do this yourself yeah. or do you need help? And help can come in a variety of ways. I mean, you can get a bookkeeper just to kind of input the data if you're comfortable looking at it yep. um, or, or maybe opposite, you're comfortable putting the data, but you need somebody to just kind of tell you what it means. Yep. But figure out where you're, where you need that help and, and where you're spending too much time. Cause I, I just don't think 
any restaurant owner, really any business owner needs to spend the time doing their own accounting. Right. Um, I mean, I do mine last even myself, so yeah. I understand it. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, just making sure, just be honest with yourself and understand it's important. No, it's important. And, and if you can't get it done the right way, you know, figure out how you can. And that includes bringing somebody in that's, and it's going to end up making you more money down the road than, than it's an investment. Like I said, it's an investment in the business by getting you that tool, just like any other tool you would get for your business. Um, just put it in there. So, um, and then talking now with an accountant for your taxes, I mean, get, start your that conversation now, taxes. 2019. Yeah. Um, Cause there's uh, the earlier you get started, you know, the better just to make sure you know what you need to get together for that. Yep. Um, if you haven't planned for that, because there's a lot of paperwork they'll need to, to make sure and, and probably even clean up those books if you need them. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> make sure they're right. But, uh, and then going forward, you know, you know, put those systems in place just to make sure you're keeping up with it on a regular basis. It just makes it's life so much easier for you. Yeah. Perfect. So, so I'm glad we're able to connect, finally make this happen. Yeah. Uh, sounds like you got an interesting weekend ahead of you. So good luck on your yeah. run. I hope it's not too hot over there. Oh, the weather is not looking good. Oh no, too that. hot or yeah, not? I know it's, it's, it's cold. I mean, it's it's Central Florida, so I think the highs are in the mid 80s, which is oh, gosh, in, that's in, hot uh, for running. Florida, it's a hundred percent humidity. So oh boy, uh, it'll be uh, not very fun weather. But, so I have uh, those Christmas cookies. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll lose okay. all my Christmas weight just in sweat out there, yeah. but uh, it'll be fun. So we'll finish one way or the other. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, not, yeah. we're not going for any records, and I wasn't planning on winning the race. So, so yeah. Good. Well, good luck. And well, thank, uh, you. thank you again. I'm sure I'll see you out there on social. All right. Thank you. Take care, Jim. It's Have been a good fun. One. Bye. You too. All right, guys. Hopefully, you learned something there. Um, thank you so much for checking out the new National Restaurant Owners uh, podcast. If you could just do me a huge favor and subscribe here and share the podcast, uh, I would appreciate it immensely. And as always, if I can provide any value to you guys, um, please do not hesitate to reach out on uh, Instagram at Kyle and Sarah. Uh, LinkedIn is another great way. Um, to get a hold of me and you can always text me at 631-965-1300. Thanks so much guys. Have a great day.